a Friday. Well, I wanted to do Perry as usual, but we do have our friend coming in here. Yeah, Justin Ra. That's great stuff. We got both of them coming in. We're playing his new Christmas song during on our Christmas special last oh, week. Oh, should I throw that in there? I think we're gonna talk. I think that's one of the things we're gonna talk about with him today. Oh, okay. A little Christmas didgeridoo. Yeah. Can't beat it's, it. It was really great. Yeah, the uh, Columbo and Katie New Year's Eve variety show is uh, just about an hour away, 4 to 6 this afternoon. A little special programming for you. We will bring you our annual New Year's Eve variety show, live music from our buddy Perry Woods. As we just mentioned, Justin Ra, who is uh, also a local musician, is going to be in studio with us. Comedian Greg Warren is going to be on the phone. Tim Convey is going to join us. Julia Gordon Bramer is going to do some psychic readings. Lenny Mink from the Westport Playhouse is going to be here. Mike Marfell, professional fisherman, is going to be here. It's just a great, fun party show. To get you ready. And I know it's not New Year's Eve, but it's the last. It's our New Year's Eve because it's the last day that we're here this year. So I've put New Year's Eve, Eve, Eve. Eve, Eve, Eve. Special. There you go. That's it. It's the and pre-party. And it kicks off at 4 o'clock, 4 to 6 this afternoon. So keep it here for that as we wrap up the final Columbo and Katie this year. Um, great information there, by the way, from Kristen Cornett mm-hmm. uh, from Channel 4. If you missed that. Uh, weekend forecast, which is so important for this weekend, especially since there are going to be so many people driving around on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Um, uh, the weekend as a whole, kind of cold, but no rain, snow, sleet, ice, or anything. No, this, no precipitation for the next several days. This is going to bite me in the butt. Okay. But I'm ready for the cold. Yeah. I, I loved the fall. We had a beautiful fall. But I'm ready for it to get a little chilly. Beans. I'll take some snow. I will too. But I don't want the cold. I don't necessarily want it just to be Ooh. cold to be cold. Man, I kind of, I kind of am feeling it. Yeah, and by me. end of January, I not won't me. be. I'll take some snow. I, I'll, I'll, if it's if it's gonna be cold and it wants to snow a little bit, then I'm fine with it. But if it's just, you know, ten degrees outside and just windy and dry and gray and ugly, then. It can save it. Okay, we mentioned yesterday that the Biden administration has a new term for what's happening at the border. Irregular migration yeah. is what they yes. call it. Yes. There's this 8,000 strong uh, caravan coming up uh, <laughs> towards the southern border. And um, the White House is using the term irregular migration, which is a brand new term that we had not heard before. Um, so as this irregular migration continues, there's some new information coming out from Customs and Border Protection surrounding the irregular migration and everything else uh, from the year, basically. Migrant numbers at the southern border in December have broken the record officially. We've been monitoring this for the last couple weeks because it looked like this was possible. And it has now officially happened, according to Customs and Border Protection. Just as U.S. and Mexico officials met this week to discuss benefits of regularizing those in the country illegally. Another ridiculous term. They're just talking about amnesty. We'll get into that in a second. But right now, sources say that there have been more than 276,000 migrant encounters in December so far. We still got a few days left. Already making it the highest month goodness of all time. The goodness. previous record was set in September, so just a few months ago. When officials saw 
269,735 encounters in the month of December. So that was the old record, 269,000. So far, we have seen over 276,000 in the month of December. This number includes illegal immigrants encountered between ports of entry and migrants entering at ports of entry uh, via the CBP-1 app. It caps a year at the southern border where multiple records have been repeatedly smashed and where Border Patrol have consistently been overwhelmed Goodness. by the numbers they are seeing. That is it's just an irregular migration. No big deal. So, two massive problems here. One, three massive problems here, actually. One, the fact that we're making up vocabulary mm-hmm. to normalize or downplay mm-hmm. the situation by saying that the caravan or these huge numbers of people showing up at the southern border is a irregular migration like they're freaking birds so that's big problem number one uh big problem number two is we're not doing anything about it obviously and that there doesn't seem to be any any fix any solution to the problem anytime Mm -hmm. soon so we are so we're we're covering it up with these with these with this new language like regularizing regular what regularizing people that are already here regularizing which means we, we're you and me are regular because we're american citizens so we need to regularize those oh, so to make them american citizens so there's not a problem anymore which is amnesty so Ugh. we're using terms like regularizing and and irregular migration. We are not doing anything about it. Uh, big problem number two. And big problem number three is the amnesty part. If they are going to do something, now suddenly amnesty is on the table. The White House revealed that there are discussions happening between the U.S. and Mexico about the benefits of regularizing the situation of Hispanic migrants who have been undocumented for several years and the DACA beneficiaries who are a vital part, according to the White House, a vital part of the U.S. economy and society. The joint statement said, adding that the delegations will meet again in January. So, a statement from, a joint statement from the White House and the and the Mexican government, after these conversations, have revealed that there are discussions in place to make at least a portion of the illegal immigrants that are here in the country now to grant them amnesty, a.k.a. regularizing them, which means they're not illegal anymore, and they, they're they just an American citizen like you and me. But why are we also clumping them together with people associated with DACA? That is well, also because some a completely... Of those DACA, well, some of the DACA people aren't supposed to be here anymore. Okay, so they're, they're going to regularize those people, give them amnesty. But those people that aren't supposed to be here anymore were still born in America, right? No, 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 not no, no. A lot of them okay. came over as babies. That's what, I'm sorry. So a I'm lot sorry. of them That's were brought over. Say. Yeah, a lot of them were brought over as as so they didn't have a lot of the DACA recipients. That's, that's kind of the the point of DACA was that they were they were too young to have anything to do with why they say. were brought over. Right, but, but that's but that's even they weren't a, born here. 
That is even, and now granted, I understand that there are people crossing right now that they're bringing seven-month-olds, eight-month, I mean, we see that all the time. We see babies, two-year-olds being brought yeah. over from the border. Um, but it, And just to think about how crazy that is, DACA was put into place to cover those people yes. that were brought over here as, as babies or toddlers or, you know, kids. A lot of those people are now in their 20s and 30s. That's how long. That's been going that's on, been that going program. On. Yeah. But th- I guess that, that is still a, a difference to me. When we're talking about who is crossing the border now and why are they crossing the border and the massive migrations that we're seeing right now is still a stark difference than 20 years ago when we were implementing these babies being under the umbrella of DACA. And I don't understand why we're clumping, I probably to disguise how many people are actually in the United States that mm-hmm. have crossed the border recently and put them under the umbrella for DACA. But that is still a separate category to me. That is still a different issue that is unresolved to me. Yeah, I think they're just trying to wrap in anybody that's been here for an extended period of time. Which what is which that? goes to show you six months. No, they don't. They, I mean, they don't. They, they have not said any. They've given no details. Which is right. Which is to. I guess that's my point. There, there is a difference of yeah. who just came here yesterday and who has been here for twenty years. Well, and, and it also shows. It also teaches you that once you get here, you just got to wait out the clock. Yeah, that's it. Like, hey, if I once you're here, as long as I can make it three years or five years or whatever it is, then. Then they'll say, oh, they've been here long enough that they are, what is it? What was their words? A vital part of the U.S. economy and society. Once you've been here a certain amount of time, that's this White House, that's how, that's how they look at you. You are now a vital part of the U.S. economy and society, whether you're supposed to be here or not, whether you've broken the law or not. And it just teaches people just to weigh out the clock and get I, here and stay as long as you can. And then all your problems will just go away. And. I understand that DACA has always been controversial. I know that that was a huge thing for Trump. He said, I'll build the, if you give me money to build the wall, we'll talk about DACA. That was a huge negotiation that Trump wanted to do during his presidency. Super controversial for him. People like our friend Mark Cox was not for it. But that was a different time. We were not getting 11,000 illegal immigrants crossing a border a day. I mean, who knows what we were getting, but it wasn't this. Mm-hmm. And I just, I hate the lumping of, toge- I hate lumping things together that seem different to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Again, I think it has, I think it has more to do with just DACA recipients have been here a long time. So they are just kind of lumping in everybody who's been here a while. Speaker Mike Johnson had a reaction to this statement saying, quote, At a time when America is experiencing the worst border crisis in our nation's history, it is unconscionable to hear the Biden administration's announcement that Secretaries Mayorkas and Blinken discussed with the president of Mexico amnesty for illegal immigrants. This development further demonstrates the administration has no real intention of solving the humanitarian disaster and immediate national security crisis their policies have created. President Biden needs to stop vacationing and take immediate steps to stop the flow of illegal immigration into our country. Our nation's security and sovereignty depend on it, and the American people demand it. And I agree with him, and he better hold the line now, because if you remember, right before they went on break, this will be something we're talking about next week, I'm sure, or in coming weeks, certainly, 
right before they left for their their holiday break, because it's nice to be a member of Congress. You get to go on vacation no matter how bad you are at your job. Um, <clears throat> Speaker Johnson gave the ultimatum to the president and said, mm-hmm. if you want money, if you want us to approve this this bill that continues funding for the war in Israel and the war in Ukraine, then you need to have a a plan, a border security, southern border plan on my desk. We need to see it. That, that it needs to prove that it needs to include taking immediate action to address the southern border. If you don't do that, we're not giving you the money to to fund the war in Ukraine, specifically the one in, uh, war in Ukraine, although the Israel war is tied into that bill as well. Well, this is the steps that they've taken. This is not solving the problem. Mm-hmm. Granting amnesty is the opposite of solving the problem. So... Unless there's more to come from the White House, which I doubt there is, except for continuation down this path. Uh, Speaker Johnson and the House Republicans better hold up their their deal, their end of the ultimatum. Because if not, if Biden just calls them on it yeah, and totally doesn't capitulate and still gets the money, then they've lost all of their bargain. That's the that's the dangers of issuing an it's uh, an ultimatum. any type of mm-hmm. ultimatum. That's the dangers of of issuing it. Is you have to you have to go through with the threat if your demands aren't met. So we'll see what happens. And Republicans should really look at that because if Speaker Johnson, which I, I do, I do have some faith in in his personality. I guess I would say, but. He came in hot and heavy, strong whenever he got that position, that speakership to prove a point. And if Republicans want to evaluate the speaker after all of the hubbub that was just put up with Kevin McCarthy, this is their time to evaluate what Mike Johnson is made of. Exactly. Exactly. And we will see what he's made of. We're all going to learn. Unless unless the Biden administration has, you know, like uh, does a complete 180 and does present some type of legitimate border solutions or border plans in the next couple weeks, he's going to have to be forced to hold up his end of the deal on the ultimatum. And I hope he's able to. I, I do he, too. I hope he does it because if not, you've, he, he, any threat or demand he makes in the future is not going to be met with any seriousness because they know that he's not going to He's not going to do anything. Back up his own words. Yeah. I just saw Tony on Fox News. Two hundred and sixty thousand people came to the border in December alone. Yeah, yeah. The, which is the new all-time record. Yeah, that setting is the nuts. all-time setting the all-time. Oh, record. is that the record that you said? God, mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit less than that. Okay. No, a little bit more actually. It's wow. Two hundred seventy-six thousand officially in December. Man. Um. Yeah. Which is which? Two hundred sixty thousand was the record in September. Was the previous record. And we just set the all-time new record to end out 2023 in December. And, and, the, and the month isn't even over yet. Still got a few days to add to that number because it's thousands a day. So that number is going to get even bigger. There's a chance that it could get up to 300,000. It could get up to 300,000 in the month of, of December. And that is that is possible. It's probably not going to get quite that high, but we've smashed the old That's record. Insane. Yeah, here in the month of December. All right, you guys have heard me talk about how I like James Carville before. Mm-hmm. I don't like him. I don't agree with him politically, but I just like James Carville. His style. He's into it again. 
This time with John Fetterman. Oh, great. John Fetterman wants James Carville to keep his thoughts to his damn self. Okay. <laughs> and we'll tell you about this little dust up next on Colombo and Katie. Yeah, a little Perry Woods music there on a Friday afternoon as we get ready to kick off our New Year's Eve variety show. A little special programming for you this afternoon. So uh, when we wrap up Columbo and Katie here in about 15 minutes, we will bring you the O'Reilly Report uh, as usual at 345. And then from 4 to 6, Tim Jones and Chris Arps are going to be off today. And uh, as they start their... As they start their weekend, uh, Tim Jones was on hosting for Vic Porcelli earlier today, um, which you should go back and check out on the podcast if you missed that show. And Katie and I are going to stick around in studio from 4 to 6 to bring you the New Year's Eve variety show. Perry Wood's going to be a part of that show. Live music from Perry. We're going to have comedy from Greg Warren. We're going to have psychic readings from Julia Gordon Bramer. Our buddy Justin Ra is going to join us. Tim Convey from the Y98 Morning Show is going to join us. Our buddy Lenny Mink from Westport Playhouse is going to be here. Mike Marfell, the professional fisherman, is already here. If you're watching on the cameras, you kind of see him sneaking around in the back back there. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a, a fun party. Yeah, a fun party to kick off the new year as we bring you each and every year. So that is uh, going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, as we wrap things up here on Columbo and Katie today, John Fetterman is getting into it with James Carville. And John Fetterman told James Carville to shut the F up. <laughs> okay. Literally. Oof. But didn't say F. Said the other word. <clears throat> As real thing. Yeah. I love uh, James Carville. I don't love, I, I, again, don't like, don't agree with him politically. I just like him. What do you, yeah. He's a fun guy to listen to. Don't like he's what a, he says, but he's how he says He's a fun guy to debate. Mm-hmm. He's a fun guy to listen to. He's got, he's very passionate about what he's doing. He is the reason Bill Clinton was president. People don't remember that Bill Clinton had n- no chance. Was supposed wasn't even supposed to win the Democratic nomination in 1992, let alone the presidency. George H. W. Bush was Ronald Reagan's. He's a Bush for first of all. He was Ronald Reagan's vice president. Ronald Reagan was massively popular. George H. W. Bush was expected to win that election and have a second term, and Bill Clinton beat him and. The way that that campaign was run was very different than camp presidential campaigns before that. Uh, they changed the way a lot of the way that that people campaign for president, and that was all masterminded by James Carville. He pulled it off, man. He and so the maestro. Yeah, he he really was. But uh, uh, yeah, again, don't agree with anything he says politically. But I could listen to him debate people all day long because he's kind of like he's kind of like the Democrats' version of Anthony Kennedy mm-hmm. of of mm-hmm. Senator Anthony Kennedy, just the way that he talks and the, the analogies that they make. I, I I his his tone of voice whenever I heard him on Bill Maher's podcast is was just so interesting because he is pretty measured. I mean, he's fiery like this. Yeah, but he'll get fired him, up. Yeah. He's a pretty measured guy. Mm-hmm. But he's like he uses those those same those analogies. goofy analogies mm-hmm. and, and funny. You know, he's not afraid. You mean John of, Kennedy, not Anthony yeah. Kennedy? Oh, did I say? I'm sorry. I meant uh, yeah, Senator John. Kennedy. I was like. But I know you mean yeah, John Kennedy. John Kennedy, yeah. Who's Anthony Kennedy? I have no idea. I don't either. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> if I said Anthony Kennedy, I apologize. I meant Senator John Kennedy. Anyway, uh, so uh, let's see. John Fetterman doesn't want to hear what James Carville has to say. So James Carville was being was um, 
doing an interview recently, and he said that Democrats should be concerned about Joe Biden's wavering popularity with voters, especially when it comes to Biden's age. He said, quote, the idea that this is that this should not be aired out and should only be discussed in hushed tones is ludicrous. It needs to be discussed with the voters talking about the issue that voters have with Joe Biden's age, how the president, we've talked about this on this show, the president refuses, the White House refuses to address the situation. Mm -hmm. They just act like it's not there. Mm -hmm. And poll after poll shows that that is the number one concern with voters, Democrat voters even, with Joe Biden, but they refuse to, they refuse to address it. So James Carville is saying that's a losing proposition. Well, John Fetterman doesn't want to hear it. In a new political, in a new uh, Politico interview, the senator said that he's not concerned about the polls or the president's popularity. Hmm. Then what saying, is he "quote doing? It doesn't matter. There's a whole lifetime in politics between now and next November. I'm not worried about that." And I'm very vocal about this, too. While there are Democrats that are being very vocal, very critical about the president, I'll use this as another opportunity to tell James Carville to shut the F up. My man hasn't been relevant since grunge was a thing, and I don't know why he believes it's helpful to say these kinds of things about an incredibly difficult circumstance. The president's age is an incredibly difficult circumstance. With an incredibly strong and decent and excellent president. Excellent. I'll never excellent. understand that. So he says, so John, a lot to unpack there with John Fetterman. Yeah. He says the polls don't matter. Mm-hmm. The president's popularity doesn't matter because there's so much there's so much time between now and next November. He said it's a political lifetime. So Nothing, none of that stuff matters now because the president can fix all that stuff in the next year. And he wraps it up with saying you shouldn't be critical of a strong, decent and excellent president anyway if you're on that team. An excellent president. I can't get that, over that. I, well, that's the second time. Who I was reading a quote earlier this week. Remember of somebody who was saying that, who was gushing about how how strong mm-hmm. of a president Joe Biden is. It goes to show you that that side of the Democratic Party is 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 legit. There's this. There's a real part. There's a lot of Democrats. The polls show it. There's a lot of Democrats in the you know that have spoken out about it. Like people like James Carville and even other you know like uh, you know sitting congressmen and women and senators that have that have been realistic enough to point out the the president's issues. But there's a lot of Democrats who just tow this line of. There's nothing wrong. There's, this, this is a great president. He's doing great things. And of course, he's going to win the next presidency. What are you guys talking about? But this isn't even political. This isn't even a personality conflict. This is not even about policy. This is just one Democrat saying age is a factor. Yeah. Age determines a lot. And obviously, it's determined a lot in his presidency. Everybody can see that. So for John Fetterman to go as far as to tell him to shut the F up, it's like we're not arguing over <laughs> policy right now. We're argue- we're having a debate over if this president is capable because of solely his age. His age is not subjective. It's objective. You can't... There, the opinion on this is the number that is given... And what his mentality is like because of that number. Mm-hmm. And if it, if he's fragile, if he has the acuity, if he has the capability, to me, I just, I'm like, 
John Fetterman, this is this is not a winning argument for you to say nobody should care about something like that when we're seeing everything determined from his age. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right now. I think it shows you. I think it really does put a spotlight on the the denial that many Democrats are living under. That they think that it's just going to be okay. That in the end, it's Joe Biden. He'll win. He know he know he knows how to connect with people. He's had this successful political career, and in the end, he'll it'll be uh, it'll all be okay. The Democrats are still going to be in power, and. Because we're so much better and we're the ones on the right side of everything. And, you know, it just I think it really shows you the the denial that they're living under when somebody can say there's not a problem. Like the polls don't matter. The record, the the records that are being set with how low Biden's approval rating is doesn't matter. It it, That's just a losing argument. I (laughs) My gosh, it is big time. Big time, a a losing argument. Um, there's a couple of these, uh, a couple of these stories that we might get into as part of the, um, as part of the the New Year's Eve show here in um in just a little bit. Uh, one of which is specifically a a story that I think I might have a unpopular opinion on. Luke Combs, have you seen this? The situation with Luke Combs, the country no. singer. Mm-mm. Luke Combs has apologized after a fan was sued for selling merchandise with his face on it through Amazon. Combs addressed the situation in a video posted on TikTok after Nicole Harness's online shop selling handmade gifts was sued by a company connected with the country music star. He said, quote, I woke up to use the restroom and the first thing I saw was this. I've spent the last two hours trying to make it right because I was completely and utterly unaware of this. The woman's shop on Amazon was included in a lawsuit filed on behalf of Luke Combs targeting the illegal sale of merchandise using his image and likeness. But Nicole Harness of Tampa had only sold 18, not 1,800, not 18,000, 18 Luke Combs-themed tumblers when she was hit with this lawsuit. What? In Illinois, defendants can be served lawsuits via email, and Harnesses ended up in her spam, so she didn't even realize she had been served. Dude, yeah, yeah, wow. these papers ensued until a judge has until a judge had already ruled, and the ruling was that she owes Luke Combs two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. No, no, plus all future sales from her Amazon store would go to Combs until that two hundred fifty thousand dollars was paid off. Combs said that he employs a company that, quote, goes after large corporations operating internationally that makes millions and millions of dollars running reasonable. an illegal business. That's Which reasonable. is exactly right. You know, yeah. companies in China and other places that put celebrities' faces or images on totally merchandise and sells them without, you know, without being official or connected to the... Those kind it. of people should be shut down. Well, somehow... I don't know, maybe it was the bots or something, you know, that was co- like going through and finding these companies, the bots. these companies that were doing this. Mm-hmm. Somehow they snatched up this lady's little Amazon store in and that it, lawsuit. And only had 18 and, and then it went through and then it went through court and got ruled on before she even knew it. And of course, they were all found guilty because they're selling illegal merchandise. So, of course, they lost. But this girl's little Amazon shop should not have been caught up in that 
And Luke Combs is saying, you know, is is saying that over and over again. He said that um, uh, apparently this woman, Nicole, somehow got wrapped up into this and it makes me absolutely sick to my stomach. I invited her and her family out to a show this year so I can give her a hug and say sorry in person. It makes me sick for anybody to be thinking that I'm this kind of person because I'm the furthest thing from it. Now, I agree in a good way. We'll get into this with, uh, you know, some of the musicians that will be we in should. here later because they yeah. you will know, be into this. I agree that this girl, this woman, should not be being sued, but I don't think the line should be very far. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big supporter of people, especially musicians and athletes. Yeah, they should be the only ones making money off of their own image and likeness. So I don't think this lady should be sued two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But I also think she probably should probably put that it. line a little bit closer than than most. Don't go anywhere. New Year's Eve show starts at four o'clock.